Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and this week I have yet another very special guest, a certified grief counselor, um, member of Project Bear, and um, fellow quarantine survivor, Dola Sparing. So, Dola, welcome. Oh, thank you. And I just do want to say I'm not a certified grief counselor yet. I am going to be getting my certification. Right. So, uh, Dola, for the listeners out there, can you tell um, can you tell a little bit a little bit about yourself and what your background is and uh, how uh, how you've been bringing joy to uh, people during this time? All right. Well, um, I am. Well, I was a teacher for almost twenty years, and um, I have three children, and I've lost two baby boys. Um, and actually my son, Jeremiah would have been 12 years old on Friday, the 17th. Um, and he was still born when I was 37 weeks pregnant with him. And then 14 months later, while, um, well, I, I had another son, Vincent, and he died when he was two weeks old. So, um, we actually started, my husband and I started a nonprofit organization called Project Bear uh, in their memory, and we give teddy bears to people who also have lost babies. So, we've been doing that since 2009. And um, while I was teaching, you know, so I was teaching full time and I was kind of doing Project Bear like on the side as, um, not just like a side project. It was just me and my husband kind of doing it. But um, I was a teacher full time. And just this year, I took the year off of teaching. And um, I decided that I was going to do spend more time on Project Bear. I started a YouTube channel for Project Bear. And uh, I've decided that I'm going to be doing Project Bear full time completely, leaving my teaching job. I'm going to get my certification in grief counseling and biblical counseling as well. And um, I'm looking to expand Project Bear's reach to beyond just baby loss. Uh, still want to focus on sending bears out to people who have lost babies, but also want to, you know, continue making YouTube videos that um, aren't just focused on the baby loss community. Um I want to, like, I've made videos, like, analyzing Onward, for instance, um, you know, just videos to encourage people, um, and, you know, so I, I really want to focus on just bringing joy to people that are grieving in a variety of different ways. That's, that's wonderful, and definitely something that we need right now in the, in this world is just bringing joy not just to those who have lost children but people who have essentially lost their way of life like what um like whether it's your job or your routine or what have you 
just having that um, having something that you think you can control something you think is you know never going to change and all of a sudden basically overnight gone right so uh, what are some ways that you have um, been spreading joy to um, to your family and like keeping them upbeat during uh, all this that's been happening? Well, one of the ways um, is I've actually included my children in some of my YouTube videos, um, which I never really thought I would do. I was kind of thought it was like, well, I don't really want my kids in like out there on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, my sons, uh, they really kind of got interested once they um, their school closed down in the middle of March. So uh, they have been really helping me, like, basically package bears and get, like, the bears ready to be shipped and stuff. Um, so I've been recording them as we've been doing that. And we've been doing a variety of things. We've done um, almost like a geography lesson where I tell them, you know, the, the abbreviation for the state. And they have to figure out what state it is. And, you know, it was kind of like a fun thing that we did. And then uh, we ended up doing a what would win, um, a few what would win videos where we have um, actually a card game that my son and my family made up with a bunch of different characters. And as we're packaging these bears, we play the game and we discuss like what would win, you know, like the fairy godmother or a dragon or whatever. And mm -hmm. then recently um, what we've done is we've made that into a bracket. Um and it's kind of gotten a little bit of traction on uh, Discord and the internet and Twitter. Um, and it's just really fun to include the boys in Project Bear in a way that um, it gets them involved. It lets them actually like physically help other people. But it also like it gives us family bonding time, mm -hmm. you know, so like that's something that um, I'm really cherishing right now. To be able to include them um you know because it's hard because they're my my youngest is nine and mm -hmm. oldest my daughter is 15 almost 16 and then my uh, middle son is 14 almost 15. you know so it's um you know they understand kind of what's going on with the coronavirus and why they're not going to school but none of them are like really vocal about how they're feeling about it Mm -hmm. You know, so just kind of spending time as a family and being able to include them in what Project Bear is doing um, has been a real big blessing. But we also do, um, we have a lot of family game nights and family movie nights and, um, you know, just, just spending more time together as a family has been really crucial in just kind of keeping us all sane during this right. I mean, has anybody, um, has anybody gotten like cabin fever? Like, I want to get out of the house like right now. Yes, um, my daughter especially. If like my husband, for instance, goes to the grocery store when we need to, like my daughter wants to go with him all the time. Mm -hmm. um, she really like she understands that she can't like see her friends. But she really just wanted her friend to, like, come over and just, like, stand in the driveway just to be able to, be, like, wave 
and be like, hi. Um, you know, so she's, I think, feeling it more than any of us. Uh, but she's also the most social of mm-hmm. all of us. Like most of us are kind of like loners and we're introverts and we want to stay home anyway. Uh, yeah. But she's the one who she really, I think, really wants to this to be over and like she she's missing school I think the most out of all of them um I haven't really left the house since March 11th uh so it's kind of other than being in my backyard um so it's starting to get to me a little bit like okay like it would be nice to go see a movie or you know go out to a restaurant which we do a lot you know but I, I don't know if I would call it cabin fever yet although I guess it depends when they lift the lockdown because we're actually in one of the counties in Pennsylvania that is the hardest hit mm-hmm. so we've had really um, pretty serious restrictions since the middle of March um, from our governor so it's been it's been rough <laughs> yeah we have to you know, my family's probably the hardest hit where I am right now. So, yeah, I actually left um, my grandma and grandpa's house on March 15th to go be with my parents in Texas. And I have not left since then. And I've only been out of the house to go on walks around the neighborhood. That's pretty much it. Now, is the weather in Texas good, at least? <laughs> As of right now, it's raining. Uh, but most days, it's been pretty good. Um, you few nice days here. Uh, it's been a little bit cold the last week. We had a few days, like, in the 60s and 70s, and we were outside on our um, uh, patio out back, and we had, like, a fire one night in our fire pit. But the weather, we're hoping, like, okay, at least... Maybe it will get into the 60s so we can spend some more time outside, but... Right. So, how have um, how have you been reaching out to people in addition to, like, your YouTube videos and stuff like that to kind of keep people's spirits up? Because I know, for me at least, like, I'm a full-time introvert. I don't like going outside I have a social battery that depletes after a certain amount of time and you know even though like that's just more of how I operate personality wise I've been missing a lot of people like the first thing I'm going to do when this is all over is just spend as much time with people who aren't related to me as I can because Frankly, I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been feeling that too. Because again, I'm an introvert. Um, I have a little bit of, actually a little bit more than a little bit, but I have social anxiety too. So, you know, I'm awkward in social situations, especially around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, even I, I've been feeling like, okay, like I need human contact. other Like other than my husband and my kids. But um, I've been using social media a lot uh, just to connect with friends and our church group. For instance, we have um, 
a church group that meets every other Tuesday and we've been doing Zoom calls, which um, like I had never even heard of Zoom before this. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden Zoom is like my lifeline <laughs> for be able to have human contact. Right. Um, I actually had a Zoom call with uh, people that I worked with where I taught. And that was, um, you know, it was like, it just gave me like life for that night. It was like, oh, wow, I actually got to see the faces and hear the voices of other people that Mm -hmm. aren't, you know, the people that I, that I am related to. Um, And I I know it sounds crazy, but just sending memes, you know, like I, I, I always said that my love language was sending memes anyway you know but like if i see a meme that reminds me of someone like i'm gonna like tag them in it or whatever um and and i i think that social media can get a bad rap at times Mm -hmm. but like i just imagine if this had happened back when i was a kid like in the 80s before social media was even a thing and the internet was even a thing i feel like we would be so much more isolated You know, so I'm so thankful that I have at least like social media that I can reach out to people, you know, that we do have things like Zoom, um, that we can at least see other people, you know, face to face, even if we're not in the same room with people, that we can at least text other people, you know, Uh, I'm not big on phone calls. Um, For me, it depends on who it is. Like, the better I know the person, the more comfortable I am with calling them on the phone, if that makes sense. I, I just I just hate it. Like, my mom likes to call me. Like, I'll text her, and then she'll call me. And I'll be like, no, like, I don't want you to, I don't want you to call me. But she doesn't like to text, so she likes to call. So I'm like, all right. So I've been on the phone with my mom a lot, uh, more than I normally would have been. But, um, you know, I'm thankful that, because she's in her 70s. And I'm just thankful that she is safe and not, you know, dealing with any, any of the issues that I know a lot of other people may be dealing with. But um, I don't know what I would do if I, if I couldn't, like, reach out to people via text or Facebook or Twitter or um, Instagram, you know, just to, you know, just to find humor in things and, you know, be able to laugh at things and... I, w- I think I would be going crazy at this point. Yeah. So what are some things that you've seen or that you recommend for people that are going through some sort of grief to help them overcome um, overcome that situation? Well, I think the first thing, and I think it's the most important uh, thing, is to just recognize that they are grieving, like that they are going through something. Um, and be honest with themselves first, you know, um, and I, it's like the first stage of grief is denial. Um, and I, I'm not a big fan of the five stages of grief. I think that it's a little bit too simplistic, but, um, I think that being able to recognize that you're going through the stages of grief or going through the process of grief is kind of like the first step in being able to deal with that in a healthy way. And I think the second thing is to find someone to talk to, uh, someone that they trust, 
Um, you know, and I think that it's important to be wise in who they talk to because obviously, you know, telling everyone, not everybody's going to be supportive, you know. Um, so I think it's important to recognize to yourself, hey, I'm going through something here. I'm grieving this loss. Um, and also, I think it's important to know that just because whatever you're grieving may not be as bad as what somebody else is grieving, that doesn't mean that you don't have the right to grieve that. You know, like, for instance, one of the things that um, probably because I was a teacher, I was a high school teacher and I taught seniors. Like one of the things that really got to me was just realizing that the like, students that I taught two years ago that would have been seniors now don't have their prom or their graduation and like that breaks my heart you know and that's a, something that they that they lost you know so like that's a loss that they have the right to grieve even if it's not somebody else's loss who may have lost their family member mm -hmm. or the, you know but that doesn't mean they don't have the right to grieve that so I think it's like recognizing that they are grieving that they have the right to grieve that you know like they don't have to compare their loss to somebody else right and, finding someone that they trust to talk to because one of the things that I found about grief and I think any kind of mental issue whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is it can be very isolating and it lies to us and tells us that we're the only ones that feel that way and that we're all alone and nobody else would ever understand so being able to talk to somebody that you trust I think even if they don't a hundred percent understand what you're going through or they haven't been through that themselves they can still find elements of commonality there and be like hey you're not alone you know and then that helps in that healing process you know and it and then whatever you're grieving again it's not going to necessarily like make it better just because somebody else tells you you're not alone like in that moment but it can make it easier to bear so no that's no I, no pun intended no pun intended right <laughs> yeah I, also, I have one other thing too it's to give yourself some time like people grieve in different ways and some people go through the process much more quickly than others and some people it might take a little bit longer. So like to not rush yourself into thinking that you have to be over it by a certain time. I actually have the opposite problem. Um, my great grandmother died in September. I felt like I got over the death of someone who had been around in my life for 19 years rather quickly at least compared to some other people in my family. So I almost felt like a robot because like, I just kind of, I know if it's just my coping mechanism to just kind of push things away or like whether I didn't talk to enough people about it or whether I did talk to enough people about it, I just didn't feel human at some point because just like this person has been around for my entire life. And they've been, you know, you know, inspiration to many, many people in, in, 
in her community and in her family and so many other places that I just felt like I didn't appreciate her as a person enough. I think one of the things to realize, too, is, like, grief doesn't necessarily have to mean, like, sorrow all the time. You know, like, because one of the things that I say um, to people who've lost children is that grief equals love, right? And when you love someone, you have, like, those, those good memories as well, right? So you don't have to always be in sorrow. Like, and you acknowledging who she was in your life, like, that says that you've grieved her loss. You know, like, you acknowledging that you've lost her and that she was someone who was special in your life. Like, you've acknowledged that. And that doesn't mean that you never felt anything. It just means that you've processed it differently than maybe you've expected to process it. You know, like it doesn't have to mean that you're in sorrow all the time or that you're crying all the time. It, it doesn't have to mean that. So grief looks differently for different people. So don't think that the way you grieved her was bad just because it looks differently than what you expected or what your family members went through. Mm -hmm. But like my, my personality as a whole is like, I like checking boxes. I'm a list. I like lists. I like checking boxes. I like, you know, make sure things are done. You're a computer science major, right? It, yes, I am. That makes sense. <laughs> and like, it just kind of felt like another thing on the list that I checked off. But at the same time, I felt like it needed to be more than that. And from what you're saying, I did think of it as more than that, even though I didn't think I was at the time. Yeah. You know, I can hear, like, I can hear in your voice what she meant to you. You know, and I can, like, I can hear that. You know, and don't sell yourself short. And also one thing about grief is that it can be so unexpected that certain days can pop up and it can hit you almost like a wave. You know, so um, you said she passed away a few months ago. September 15th. Okay, so it's still relatively new. You know? Um, so don't think that you're doing anything wrong. Don't think that it the process of grieving is over for you. Because, again, grief equals love. You, you love her. The love you have for her isn't going to go away. For the rest of your life. So in reality, you're going to be grieving her the rest of your life. And the way you grieve her is going to be changing as you grow. Mm -hmm. Right? And it may have seemed at the moment like you just kind of like checked the box or whatever. But 
there's still so much more of that grieving process that you may have to do. And it may even surprise you yet, you know, because as the anniversary approaches, you know, as her birthday comes and goes, like there are so many things. So don't sell yourself short. Don't beat yourself up. You know, and again, I can hear it in your voice that she meant a lot to you. She would have been 91 this upcoming May. So, you know, and it may surprise you when, you know, that's coming up soon that, you know, how you feel. But one thing to know about grief is that there's no, there's unhealthy ways to grieve, but there's not like a wrong way to grieve, Mm -hmm. you know, and don't beat yourself up or feel guilty for how you're grieving because you obviously loved her and she meant a lot to you. And also don't be surprised if, you know, on her birthday, if for some reason you just feel like you're just having a bad day or, um, you know, the emotions get to you. Like, don't, don't be surprised and don't beat yourself up if that doesn't happen either. You know, there's grief is different for everyone and it can change for unknown reasons. It's, there's no wrong way for you to grieve. So don't, don't beat yourself up. Know that you loved her. She meant a lot to you. And you can honor her with the way you live your life and know that she would be proud of you. But that doesn't mean that you didn't grieve her or that you aren't grieving her. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be a basket case in order to grieve someone. I hadn't thought of it that way. Wow. I... This is bad for a podcaster because I have no words. <laughs> so, um, Dola, thank you for, for joining me today as we approach wrap-up time. Do you have any encouraging words for those who are listening? You know, I would just say, um, especially as we're dealing with the coronavirus, find something that brings you joy, like whether it's memes or figuring out which characters would win in battles or um, spending time with family, watching movies, doing silly things. Find something that brings you joy and do that uh, as long as you're social distancing and being safe. Um, And don't lose yourself in the messiness of the quarantine. All right. And Dola, is there anything you would like to plug? I know there is. I just want to ask for the sake of formality. Um, well, my Project Bear has a YouTube channel. And um, it's if you search YouTube Project Bear, you can also find us on social media, Um on Instagram and Twitter and our website is projectbear.com if you or someone you know has lost a baby we would love to send you a bear they are free of charge um, for people in the United States and for we do ship internationally but we just ask for um, help with the shipping costs for those and that's projectbear.com is that where people can donate if they so choose 
Anything for you personally? Um, no, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, thank you once again, listeners, for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Try Hard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. O's are zeros and E's are threes. Um, talk to me, talk to Dola if you need somebody to talk to and don't have anyone like that in your life. Um, or uh, DM, the, uh, DM the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin. And Dola Sparing, signing off.